Yes, welcome to the Art Eater podcast. Uh, today we have a very uh, special, very different uh, session for you. Um, so today uh, was a very impromptu recording. Um, I happen to be catching up with uh, one of my best friends, Josh. He's a very good uh, comic book artist. And uh, we started talking about uh, Dun to Dun. And then I realized, like, whoa, I, I really um, want to get his insights on this. Like, I, I, I just love talking to him about comics. We, we've been doing that for years and years, uh, ever since we've known each other. And I thought it'd be really fun to actually uh, just record uh, his thoughts uh, on this comic, Don to Don, you know, one of my favorite ongoing comics right now. So I asked him, hey, is it okay if we, you know, just record this conversation, you know, turn it into a podcast later? And he said, yes. Um, so, yeah, so what you're about to hear is the uh, conversation that we had. Uh, so let's get right into it. Yeah, so what you were mentioning about my hair, like, and I said, um, I got the anime top uh, bus sides. Um, I've been thinking about how just like, you know, you don't really see sort of a lot of modern hairstyles, you know, um, in like anime manga anymore. Um, you know, like the bowl cuts always been like a, like a fashionably eighties, nineties, uh, haircut, you know, and then you have like the classic, like girls cuts and dudes always kind of have like, uh, bed heads and things like that. But I think I think in just recent uh, times, you know, you're kind of seeing this like emergence of like the um, I don't know what you'd call it, like almost like the not the Skrillex cut, but that sort of like buzz sides with like a long top, almost almost like a almost like a buzz pompadour, you know, or something like that. The one that comes to mind the most is kind of like a, uh, what's his face, David from Cyberpunk Edge Runners. Uh, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. That's like, a pretty prominent one. Well, that that's just a popular haircut with young people, right? Particularly yeah. with Asian people. Like I, I see a ton of people in Thailand with that haircut, and the thing is, it's it's actually a traditional haircut. I mean, like oh uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, the buzz sides and then long hair on top, and then even like greasing it up and stuff. If if you look at pictures mm-hmm. from you know, like a uh, hundred years ago, black and white photos, you'll see people, yeah. in t- even women uh, will have that haircut. Yeah. yeah. I think that was also prominent in like Central America, if I'm not mistaken, Mesoamerican I, I think uh, it's just cultures. A, I think it's just a natural haircut to have yeah. for people to discover independently. Yeah. I remember and, uh, Andy showed me a statue. It's hundreds of years old. Is is buzzed sides and then parted down the middle it was the future trunks haircut <laughs> oh no way yeah that's awesome yeah. um and that that actually also reminds me of uh one of the things that uh came to mind when i was reading Dan Dan mm-hmm. was the change in haircut in the protagonist yeah you remember that yes i do i and, was rereading from the first chapter yeah yeah and uh that's one of the that was one of the, the cool things that I noticed that stood out, um, you know, where like one of the one of the reasons why I really like this this manga was how contemporary it felt and how it wasn't um, exploiting tropes, you know, but rather just like recontextualizing them in a, in a modern setting. Um, and it just felt like it was new, like it didn't it didn't it had it had a lot of the old things that you see, but 
um, you know, like, I don't know, shy kid meets the hot girl. There's some dairy happening on, on both ends. You know, there's all the, all that like tension and, and, you know, um, there's a geek, she's cute, maybe kind of popular, like all that stuff. But, you know, it, it, the author really brings it to like a, a really modern take. Um, not, not just through like, you know, how he draws, uh, but even in little details like the haircut, you know, like the the kid, the protagonist, and I'm blanking on his name right now, you know, sports this kind of like old school, homey, nerdy cut. Uh, but after he gets possessed by Turbo Granny, he gets uh, he gets like a perm, right? He gets, he gets like a like a lady curly. Yeah, yeah, he gets the uh, the Amaro Ray like <laughs> cut, right? Yeah. yeah, and then it turns into this kind of like wispy. Almost like like I want to say like um, like curly hair protagonist like Deku from My Hero Academia, uh-huh. but it's it's a bit more cool because it's buzzed on the sides, you know, and he only has that that moppy kind of wispy, um, you know, structure on top, yeah. which you kind of you kind of see in like I don't know I, I think of uh, I think of L.A. as sort of like the city of the future, you know, like a lot of uh, cyberpunk happens in in la i honestly thought night city was la for a while there was just a lot of stuff in, in their backgrounds where it looked it's, like it's it was very, very reminiscent of la i think even judge dread uh, the most british comic ever takes place in la future la in la yeah and um you know bringing it back to don to don like that sort of uh hairstyle that you see the main character with is kind of what the kids are wearing in la you know like that's like the um the sort of like cool social media, you know, TikTok star, um, K-pop, like haircut, K-pop. yeah, K-pop haircut, you know, and it's, uh, I think it was a great storytelling uh, technique that the author used to kind of like loop that, you know, bring bring that, bring not only like the character from the background to the foreground um, in terms of like tropes. Uh, but also just like storytelling and, and character. Yeah, I, I think he hit the nail on the head. Like to me, reading Dun 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 was real interesting because on the one hand, uh, it's it's very traditional shonen. It hits hits the uh, tropes in a good way. It's definitely yeah. made with a lot of understanding of the history of shonen, but it feels very fresh and contemporary, and it feels like it's for the kids of today with and like i i don't feel alienated by that i feel like hey this is really cool like it's i feel like i feel positive about the future i feel like the future of manga is in in good hands because like it does such a good job translating the excitement of shonen comics and just making me feel like i'm reading you know comics again as a kid Uh, but it's, it's it's very much for like a contemporary audience Absolutely, and I think you kind of uh, nailed it there too when you said that it um, it kind of like makes you feel like a kid. Like yeah. it has it, it has such good energy. Like you know, for me, it really reminds me of of what it was to feel like a kid. And honestly, like I know that like if you read Bakuman, you know, and I I to you know to this day like that series is kind of my bible and you know they say that like the only thing that's important 
is uh, for manga to be interesting, right? Yeah. Um, like the most important thing is that your manga is interesting. Uh, but, and I believe, you know, they touch on this in the, in the series as well. The editor says that it's important for, <laughs> you know, shonen manga audience, right? Oh, sorry, you cut out and for a like, can, can you repeat that? It's important. Oh, the it's, editor said it's important yeah. for. I, I believe their editor said that it was important um, for their audience to, you know, uh, sorry, for the mangaka to connect with their audience, you yeah. know, to rem- to remember what it's like to be a kid, because that's that's how you draw kids in, <laughs> you, you know, like like spirited away. How do you write an eight year old girl? Right. You you observe them. You see how how they act. And, you know, and like Miyazaki basically drew it or, you know, he created spirited away um after his experience with like uh like vacationing with a, a girl pause that sounds so terrible <laughs> <laughs> it was with his employees yeah. i think uh, and their kids yeah yeah but he i think he tailored the experience into you know into a way that like comes across as very genuine yeah um you know and i believe in bakuman they made it if i'm if i'm not completely butchering this this memory but i believe they made it so that like it would follow the trends of what kids were interested in, you know, like they wanted. Yeah, it was it was the uh, during the, uh, the that like mystery um, arc when they were trying to get into the pranks that kids would be into without getting into trouble. Mm. You know, and it was it was it was the pranks that uh, kids could maybe replicate at, at home, you know, because there was that sort of like danger that like, oh, you know, you might get caught. <laughs> um, but, you know, there wouldn't be any harm in it because they didn't want kids actually, you know, uh, recreating these things or, or, or putting anyone in danger, right? Yeah. So it's about that shared experience. It's about that experience of, like, you know, what are you as a kid able to feel? What are you as a kid able to experience? And for us as adults, I think it's, you know, what have we experienced? You know, uh, uh, one of the great scenes... <laughs> was you know spoilers uh finally when um and i'm blanking on all these names right now it's well, so the, weird the main character uh the girl calls him okarun like okarun yeah like uh, you know his actual name is tanker kakura yeah like the actor and she has a crush on yeah and she can't uh say his name and and her name is momo momo ayase yeah yeah so in that scene where um, they're sitting next to each other in the car, right, and then they do the uh, the pinky the oh. pinky touch. Oh, it's so right? good! Oh my it god, melts your heart. It does. But then, and then the author just takes it like that one extra step further. He doesn't dwell on like the sappiness of it. He dwells on like the complete randomness that like a girl her age would do, where she starts finger tap dancing on his hand, and he's like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that awkwardness and yeah. you know I, I think that's that's what it is it's just the awkwardness that uh the awkwardness of adolescence that yeah. um the author manages to like tap into really yeah and you know you don't you don't remember the sweet sappiness of like you know the the melodramaticness of like first kiss you remember the awkwardness that happens yeah. by something that you said or something that you did 
you know, and that's what made that scene so touching because like, yeah, I can tell you my, my first interactions with girls were just so beyond awkward. You know, it's, it's stuff that I would never want to share with another person <laughs> in, in a published format. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm having a rush of memories, uh, from middle school, <laughs> you yeah. know, like first girlfriend and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's the awkward moments that stick out. But, you know, I mean, that that's that's why the series is called Dan Da Dan, right? That's the sound of your heart racing, skipping a ah. beat, right? And it captures that, that beautifully, sense. right? Yeah. It's, it's not just the exciting action scenes. It's it's watching the characters grow and, like, those tender moments that they share. It does such a good yeah. job of that. And it's like, I, I love that... Um, unlike other comics especially shonen comics it doesn't stretch it out forever there's no like will there will they or won't they like bullshit it's actually like yeah you know first love is like uh, kind of a rush you kind of rush headlong into it and i think the series does a really good job of like escalating it in in a way that makes sense like it, yeah totally it just it rips down any sort of like pretentiousness from the beginning you know yeah. Um, with Turbo Granny, with like, <laughs> yeah. you know, gobbling your schlong. Like, yeah. it's just, it's, it's really not, not like, you know, walking on eggshells or, or, or tiptoeing yeah. around the issue. Yeah. Um, I also agree that like, they don't waste any time with like over melodramatizing like the entire, you know, uh, conflicts or issues. Like, uh, the popular chick who was kind of a bitch. You know, like she comes back as a recurring character. And I like that the author plays with, you know, all these tropes. Like you have the the, gr the guy on top of the girl, you know, and it's like you always see it, right? Like yeah. the, either lands on top of her and then they get seen together or he's got his hand on her chest or something happens. Right. But there's always that like that bump and tumble, mm -hmm. you know, and it's it could e easily been just like manga brownie points where it's just like oh you just see this thing happen mm -hmm. in every you know uh middle school high school series or whatever and it's just how it is but the way he he works it into the narrative is pretty fantastic you know it's a like the role reversal um the fact that like thematically he was he was uh not being honest with his crush about his time even though he was trying to like something for her right yeah. or like to get stronger so that he could protect her and all these things but he's just so awkward about how he does it he gets himself into another relationship basically you know and yeah. uh that like classic harem uh trope where it's just like all right misunderstanding but you also can't like fault the guy because it seems like like a pretty normal setup for it's like yeah i, I want to i want to do this thing but i don't want to tell my partner about it yeah. you know and then you know i don't know you gets uh, the situation gets misconstrued and then it becomes this whole big thing um the way they they res the resolve uh their issues too is pretty uh i'd say it's kind of grown up you know the way they talk things out or just figure it out but it, it's it's grown it up is. and then it has like a hint of of uh, drama to it, yeah. I, I think the situations bring up like you know this this splendid uh, uh, drama of youth, but like actually the characters are way more mature than most actual um, adults. 
right? Because yeah. the, the whole thing's almost like an instruction manual on how to um, actually have like good relationships. Uh, but it's not totally. like, precious about it. It's 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 amazing. Like like for instance, um, it, it 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 technically falls into you know these tropes, the harem manga thing. Like okay, like all these girls like him, but but it's pulled off in a way that is believable and I I, I think relatable, right? Because it's not. Yeah, it's not like the typical thing where it's just this guy's a loser and for some stupid, like, who knows why all these girls like him, right? It's actually that he, he, you know, through his own character, he actually gets, like, like Momo actually falls for him because they actually get along, right? They're, yeah. they're, they're usually pretty honest with each other, even the bickering from the start. He never tries to change his personality to please her. He, he, he actually thinks this is a chance to be himself because uh, he thinks she's into the occult and he's like oh like i can be myself around this girl and and then yeah. i think um which is like the most important thing it is that's <laughs> so important you know that's what like most... and they weren't yeah and he wasn't tricking himself into thinking that she was like into him romantically because he he doesn't have that big of pride yeah you know in himself he just just thought like i can be myself around this person Yep. As a friend, yes. she's the first person who's like stood up for me or talked to me, you know, yeah. and like that's that's what that's how it starts. It wasn't that's... it wasn't this like, you, you know, lovey dovey love at first sight thing, which you get yeah. you get that afterwards. You get that afterwards. You you become a friend with someone. Yep. You get those moments where you're you're being pulled in the direction, uh, you know, of that person's heart. But and I think the author does that, you know, wonderfully, you know, yeah. with um with a lot of like tender scenes between the, the both of them. But like you said, the most important part is that he can be himself. You and, know? and she could be herself. Right. Yeah. Um, well, you know, she has less of a problem with that than he does. Cause she's like a very blunt person, but um, it, it's believable that they would actually fall for each other. And then I think because of that, it's believable that once she starts liking him openly and it's, it's pretty apparent to the other students, suddenly more girls like him because that is what happens in real life <laughs> like, like, <laughs> when when uh especially you know that first relationship i think for a lot of people right it's like suddenly yeah. uh, you get more confidence than you've ever had in your life and it, it's like you you and then suddenly you're you're more outwardly attractive to more people right like did did you have yeah. that experience as a kid like first girlfriend and then suddenly like other girls were like Oh yeah, like I, I actually, oh, I've always had a crush on you too, and it's like what? <laughs> no, you didn't. Yeah, that that doesn't stop even if you're an adult. Yeah. <laughs> like, right, right. Yeah. I had, yeah, I was going. I had a, I had a, you know, girlfriend like years ago, and um, you know, I had this coworker who was also like hounding me, and I remember she straight up asked me like, "Did you guys break up yet?" Oh <laughs> I was man, like, dude, what is wrong with you? That's very blunt. I'm just I'm just here to get a coffee, <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah. So it it goes on till till then. Yeah. Um. You know what's funny is is now that I think about it, it's uh, it's almost like the, you know, the main guy Okarun is like, he's like the new age uh, Nauta, mm. you know, from Fully Cooly. It has a very similar feel, vibe set, very similar like. You know, um, I don't want to say superpower, but you know, just like the 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 
the slappy, like loose feeling of like you know how perverted and horny like the the series is, kind of goes hand in hand with like the the awkwardness, the randomness of the conflicts, you know, and also the fact that like you know once this uh, you know direction like this woman with direction like enters his life he starts being more of himself and then he starts, you know, getting involved with all these other women who are pretty different in all their, their personalities. You know, yeah. even though this last one's like, <laughs> like a mute Ray Ayanami. <laughs> right. That's very, very much Ray. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. That's the interesting parallel. I, I remember it was you who told me years, years ago, I thought this was a great insight. You said that, uh, Fooly Cooley, uh, was very, uh, almost instructional for you because Nauta, like he, he doesn't want to go out. He has a lot of anxiety. He's a very depressed kid, but he keeps putting himself out there, right? So he yeah. keeps putting himself out there uh, and, and being there for other people. And because he doesn't just stay at home and like stew in his suffering, because he keeps going out and trying to make connections, like it allows for uh, good things to actually, you know, happen to him. Like it opens, he leaves himself open to eventually like changing his situation. I thought that was, uh, yeah, that's like actually a really beautiful thing about um, that series. And I think there's 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 a lot of that in 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 uh, Dun 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 too. Yeah, but the the cool thing is that um, in Dun Dun Dun, it's just he's uh, the protagonist is just more shown in about it. You know, he has more of that, like, he is definitely reluctant for a lot of things. And you see that just on the social aspects. But you can tell that he has so much passion inside of him that it's just bottled up, you know, and just aching to to get out. You know, yeah. he's he's definitely like, like, I, I think she, like the the whole like when Shonen really, really clicks. And, you know, it's just like back in the day. It was about like you know boys turning into men, you mm. know boys to men basically, right? Yeah. <laughs> and like you see this happening with uh, this kid, where you know yeah he's into his his boyish like cult stuff, but never once does he think like you know oh I can't do this unless he turns into Turbo Granny where he's just you know playing on the um, on that trope by making it a part of his personality by saying man this sucks this is a bummer you know i'm depressed that i have to turn into a like that's that's the joke right he actually wants to do it yeah and but his personality when he turns into turbo granny is is that he's depressed um so i think that's that's a cool parallel but within his his human self like he's constantly you know pushing himself to to want to be this person to change, you know, like when he meets um, Gigi, uh, who is the complete opposite of him, you know, he's tall, athletic, like, and he's not a hateable character. He's very charming. He's so lovely. And <laughs> good with words, goofy, silly, he's a complete funny. idiot, yeah. but super smart, you know, yeah. and he's just, he's that guy that you want to be. And I thought it was, it was such also a great moment where, where, you know, like they become friends. They start talking about the occult, like, they have the same interests and you know uh okarun says why can't you be more hateable <laughs> right yeah, there's something yeah, to that effect yeah. he's like why do i have to like you so much you know yeah. even though 
even though he's jealous of Gigi for having such a good close relationship, you know, with um, with Momo. Yeah. And I think that's kind of like a, a manly thing to step up to because it's like those are difficult feelings to to want to handle. But the way that Okarun inserts himself and starts asserting himself into those conversations, no matter how awkward they are, you know, that's the starting point. That's that's you as a as a kid, you know, learning how to navigate those those social waters. You know, Gigi's had more time to do it. So he, he also he feels comfortable in it. Um, but you know, Okarun's just starting. He's just starting to to learn how to deal with all of this social currency <laughs> that he has, you know, yeah. and like yeah. how to use how to utilize it. Ah, uh, it's so sweet, it's so good. Oh man, yeah, yeah, and like you know, like when when he meets Gigi, like he, it, it's just he. It's also very sweet that like that's when Momo like really is starting to show affection for him, and she's really trying to like she's laying it on pretty thick at times, and he, he he's kind of oblivious to it because he's like, wow, this guy's like perfect. Like of course she likes this guy, right? Yeah, I think that's just natural though. That's yeah. such a natural thing that you wrestle with when you see someone having a a you know. I wouldn't say closer relationship, but a very unguarded relationship with someone else and have and seeing them, um, you know, also having fun yeah. and you're kind of like feeling left out and you don't know what to do. I don't know. Maybe that's just a me thing. No, 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 no. You know? I mean, that, that's but, pretty universal. I think I, I think that's potentially yeah. like some of the uh, ugliest feelings you can have, right? Like real yeah. deep uh, resentment, which, which is kind of like unfounded, not not really justified, but like yeah, you can't help but feel it. But ah, the series dealt with that so well. Like it, it, it like you said, like it, it teaches you to navigate like these pretty complex feelings. I think even as an adult, <laughs> it's instructive and cathartic to like to read it totally yeah and then you know they become rivals uh yeah you know he steps up to uh the plate and realizes that like well the only way for me to you know if you can't beat him join him so they they link up but he he takes the lead <laughs> you know in that like um you know not villainous relationship because uh, Evil Eyes is definitely, you know, it's like, is Evil Eye going to be a big bad? Uh, you don't know, you know, but then he ends up being another another person in the cast. It's it's great how the author juxtaposes the uh, the characters' personalities, you know, with their, like, inner demon type, yeah. uh, you know, powers. But also how all that's, you know, revealed and everything. Yeah. I didn't think that that... Um, that newest guy was going to join the crew. You know? I didn't think so. Either. <laughs> I, I I thought it was so funny. We were talking about how like everyone loves Gigi, right? And even Okarun yeah. eventually is won over. But that guy hates his guts because that guy yeah. is like a traditional hater otaku. And then he had yeah. the experience where <laughs> when Gigi was like, "I can't get your sweat on me." And that guy thinks it's because he thinks he's a disgusting, you know, otaku. And he's like, yeah. man, fuck this guy. He's No, he's actually the nicest guy in the world. 
and it's actually he's cursed like if he gets wet yeah. but, <laughs> and then the whole time he's, he's like he keeps telling him like i still don't trust you pretty boy and Gigi's like oh man why are you always busting my chops like it's so funny like the relationship is is so believable yeah. yeah, that guy absolutely sucks. But then he's the only <laughs> one that knows how to like manifest and pilot a, a, yeah. a giant robot. Of course, it yeah. makes sense. They actually, he knows all the intricate workings. It's so funny that they because you you have three three lovable characters, and then the popular girl is kind of questionable, but she's like sympathetic. And then they finally well, introduce her. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And she's also hot. Yeah, she's to, hot. Yeah. That's true. You so gotta as remember, a reader, like, as a yeah, young the, uh, male reader, right? Like, you'll you'll put up with the, it. But they finally the introduced. The first three arcs of Don were so horny. They were just like, you know, they were they were compromising. Um, and that's also just one of the things. You're just like, what's going to happen? Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's um, not over. We were definitely like wondering, like, what is going to happen? What is going to happen here? You know, I, I forgot about. Um, there was one with the the chick with glasses too, right? Who did not join the crew, but like uh, the chick with glasses. Am I? Sorry, maybe I'm getting it mixed up. Um, just like there, there's lots of situations where uh, Oka Run is, uh, yeah, has has these. These uh, near intimate moments. Yeah. 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 But it's just, it's, I mean, the, um, the author just draws in such a great way, you know, yeah. and it's, it's definitely, it's using his strengths um, to nab those readers in the early arcs and then keep them that it, like the, uh, the later chapters haven't been quite as like salacious as the earlier ones, but they're still, you know, it's pretty girls and, and, yeah you know, like, semi-compromising, like, situations and whatnot. Like, the let's, grandma... Yeah, yeah. Let's, you know, the grandma has her poses and everything, which is, like... Yeah. I, I want to talk about that for a bit, because uh, it, it does start yeah. off, like, uh, uh, very horny, but I actually feel like it tones down the fan service as it goes. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah. But it, it doesn't does. feel like... It feels natural, you know? It doesn't... It never feels like, oh, the fan service was only there to drive the readers. And it also doesn't feel like, oh, well, you know, like, now he's toning it down on purpose. It, it just felt like a natural progression of the story. I don't know. Because, like, um, yeah. like if, if you're list if, uh, if if someone's listening to this and they've never read Don to Don, and then maybe they read that first chapter, uh, the fan service might be too much for a lot of readers yeah uh, they might be shocked by it especially if you didn't grow up with like 90s shonen or earlier yeah because oh my god shonen jump was like so horny in the <laughs> 90s like unbelievable like I, I i saw people recently complaining about like oh there's too much fan service in shonen so i was like there's like it is nothing compared to like like how uh, crazy the 90s were before yeah. um before you could like report stuff on the internet they got away they got away with some crazy stuff as long as you didn't show your parents like you know, yeah like shonen jump got away with like some really crazy stuff i, I won't get too much into it but i would say like dun dun even dun dun like it feels well first of all it's not published in shonen jump it's in jump plus where you're allowed to get away with yeah. more adult material right but right. um 
I feel like it doesn't it it doesn't push it too much. Like I feel like it's it's kind of salacious, you know, like teen teenagers, youth, like you, yeah, they're pretty horny. When yeah, you're, yeah. But, and um, it's yeah. it's salacious and it's awkward, but it and it's also like kind of hot, right? Like <laughs> you know the yeah. Um, the the one that comes to mind that is when uh, when Okarun is basically just completely naked in the uh, the school hallways, right? And then he has uh, Momo and the other popular girl, you know, down <laughs> to their right. undies, and they're both riding him like a dolphin, <laughs> right? <laughs> Meanwhile, homie is, is just completely complete. He's as naked as a dolphin too. Yeah, you know, like, and it's just part of me is just like. Damn, that is literally a wet dream, you know. <laughs> like, yeah. In all all meanings of that word, like that is a wet dream, and it's just like, yeah, you're you're reading it, and you're like, oh, they're fighting these monsters, yada yada, you know. And eventually, the the whole like nudeness of the situation, um, kind of turns down or isn't as is deprioritized in the face of how, uh, you know, engaging the battle conflict is yeah, right yeah. because it's like. What are they going to do with this mantis shrimp, you know, alien thing? Um, you're pretty caught up in the whole, the whole battle. And it's easy to forget that, like, oh, yeah, this is also complete fan service. You know, like, they're, you know, they're completely naked at this point in time. And oh, then absolutely. you get brought back to reality when they, uh, you know, they defeat the aliens and they're back in school. <laughs> and, you know, everyone's, uh, everyone's naked now. Yeah, no, you just kind of lose track of it as they're battling and their clothes fall off. And I guess, I don't know, maybe if I was younger, I, I, I would focus more on that. But, like, I, I think you just get lost in in the moment. Uh, and then, yeah, yeah, when you're brought back to reality, it's like, oh, yeah, that's, that's like, embarrassing. That's, yeah. It's beyond embarrassing. I'm surprised. That didn't become more of a of a plot issue, but you know that's what <laughs> that's what a good engaging story is for. Because yeah. in any other thing, you'd be like, "Well, they'd probably be expelled," you know, <laughs> for that, or like, "There's no, there's no way their parents didn't hear about it." Um, you kind of just you know gloss it over, steamroll it, think yeah. about it later. Actually, that was in the back of my mind for a lot of these things. Was just like. Don't these kids have to go to school? Like, what's up with their uh, <laughs> their abstinence like uh, policy? Because like, I remember right at the beginning, they they must have been gone from school for like a week or something <laughs> with the whole Turbo Granny situation, you know? Yeah, I'm sure they got um, some letters to to explain their absence. Uh, does it ever Probably. get into Okaron's family situation? I don't think it has. Actually, it doesn't. You hear all not that. I, not that I can tell of. You learn about yeah. Gigi, right? But, you learn about Gigi. You learn about you know Momo's parents. She you know lives with her grandma, um, but you don't know. Oh, you know about the uh, the red haired popular girls situation also, mm -hmm. but you don't really know about. Not that I think about it. You, you don't really know about Okaroon's um, yeah. uh, family situation. Oh man, I bet that's going to be amazing. Whenever they reveal that, that's probably going to. I mean, yeah. If he if he has that much thought put into everyone else's family situation, like Okrun's got to have something. Yeah, you know. But yeah, I, I I can't believe I've never thought about that. They never 
or I don't think they've mentioned it. Well, either his parents like don't care, or he just doesn't have parents or something. Like you said, it, it's so exciting. You just don't even think about it. You just kind of accept everything as it comes. Yeah. But yeah. also, um, I think in in Tokyo, it's not like super unusual for parents to send like their their high school kids to just go live on their own. Like I've I've heard from people that were in in that situation in real life. I I, I used to think that was just like a manga thing or you know a movie yeah. thing just to like make the plot more convenient but like um in you know in in a place where like uh, uh uh real estate is very expensive and you just you can't have like a home with a lot of rooms like yeah a lot of yeah. i think a lot of people uh, just you know they they just get like a cheap place for their kid it's actually mm. not super unusual okay not not unheard of yeah I didn't realize that. Man, what a great series. Um, <clears throat> let's talk about the art for a bit. We've been, I mean, it's so yeah. engaging that we've spent all this time talking about like the characters, the story. But, um, you know, we're, we're both artists. You are a uh, excellent comic book artist. Like, let's talk Thanks, about man. just how amazing the art is and just how like well executed it is. Yeah, so I have to I have to pull it up. Right, here, yeah, you can share screen and then we could like talk about the pages and stuff. Yeah, maybe let's maybe let's go over this first. Yeah, the art. the art was what drew me in in the first place. Like, uh, well, okay, real quick, how how did you hear about the series and like what what made you actually pick it up? Honestly, I don't remember. I think you might have told me. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> Go I think you might have told me about the uh, the <laughs> art, or sorry, the um, you might have told me about the series, and and then you probably also mentioned it at some point. And then I've been reading so much manga lately, like I read through all of Berserk and Dungeon Meshi. I've been on like a fantasy kick. Yeah. Um, yeah, that I just was like, all right, let me check this out too. Uh, saw it on yeah. Manga Plus. Um, one cool thing that I keep noticing here is that I believe some of the demons also have this kind of eye motive. Yeah, for, for, for the listeners, we're looking at the first couple of pages and like, can, can you scroll to the very first page? Yeah. First shot is Turbo Granny, right? The very, very I believe first. so. It looks like Turbo Granny. It's, well, yeah, it's yeah, Turbo Granny's Turbo eyes, Granny. and then it's the shot of like the uh, the the, the tunnel. tunnel, and then some street lights. But it looks like the um, the the banana aliens, you know. Yeah. So it's, it, it 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 hints at the first two uh, antagonists, right there. Yeah, and then you have the uh, the metal. Medical school, hospital, the abandoned yeah. hospital there. Yeah, and, it, and it then looks, this is what. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, it looks like it's going to be a horror comic. Yeah, for yeah. sure. But I mean, also like, like Japanese comics right now, and I've I've kind of said this is almost like a, a detriment. The two things that you see the most of in stories are either fantasy, which sucks for me because I want to write a fantasy story, <laughs> or or uh, you know, occult stories like mm -hmm. everything out there has to have some sort of like 
spirit or demon or you know more demon kind of like you know uh angle to it like for most of the stuff within the last 20 30 years those seem to have been the hits 30 years you know, and you, yeah, it's at very, yeah at least 30 years you know yep. and it's very hard to to find a series where that maybe isn't the focus right yeah um so you know for me it was kind of refreshing to see this angle of like let's throw some sci-fi in there you know because now it's not just you know jujutsu kaisen part two yeah um or or whatever else or bleach actually this the series does have a lot of bleach in it or you know how i feel about it um yeah but this logo here is freaking fantastic like this juxtaposition of the uh the colors that like hyper realistic background and then those words. Yeah. Um, just a pure red. I mean, that, that feels like 60s to me. That's like the 60s. That's like, you know, what the big O intro was referencing, yeah. um, you know, for, for their intro. Oh, totally. Um, That's like, a, you know, Scorpion Woman or something. It's like a Pinku film. Like, mm-hmm. logo. it's also a Champara or something. Yeah, that's that's also like a a cool retro callback that I don't, I don't know if that's the English localization team, you know, making that call for the font or if that was um, you know, preordained uh by the Jap by the Japanese author here. Yeah, yeah, whoever um, does the yeah. lettering for Dundadun does a good job cuz it's uh the original is beautiful. Like sometimes I look at the original just to not just to see the comic in it, in its original form but to yeah. see like uh, well, I mean, to to see the comic in its original form with the the, the text, just because it, it's so uh, beautiful how they do the text. But um, I, I think the English language version they they do a really good job. And by the way, Dun, so Dun, you if you're listening, it's yeah. you can it's totally for free. You can read it on a, a manga plus. Um, just yeah, yeah, just look up Dun, Dun Dun. There's no no reason to read scanlations of it. You can just read the thing and the source in English for free. It's awesome. Yeah. And it's, it's up to date. Yeah. So yeah, it, the, the moment it gets published, it's also, it's also out yeah. here. You don't have to wait two to three days. Um, I wonder, I wonder how they do for the, for the cleaning. If they send the, um, the black and white, you know, prepped uh, images to, the letters. Anyway, that's a whole different conversation. Um, yeah. I like this chick a lot, and I think I think it's it's. If you saw my screen a little bit, it flashed to um, "Strawberry 100" by the legendary Mizuki Kawashita, mm. um, and that's what these girls remind me of. They they are not only like harem in character and, and trope, but like just like the way that they're built <laughs> is very much like Kazu, Kazu, uh, uh, what's her name? Mizuki Kwashita. Um, oh. Strawberry uh, Ichiko 100%, right? Yeah. I never read that one. <laughs> yeah, Mizuki Kwashita. Oh, excuse me. Um, yeah, I remember you were a fan of that in college. Uh, I also remember um, the way they were drawn. It, they were very uh, like full figured um like voluptuous in the sense of like there was just a really good sense of like mass and weight to them 
Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I think, honestly, it's probably because the, you know, author was uh, was a woman, so she just had this, like, really interesting way of uh, thinking about the female body. Um, this, you know, this feels a bit more, like, and you can see it's spring. It's, it's not, it's not, she's, I mean, Momo is, is pretty full-figured, I would say, and, like, athletic, uh, sturdy, mm-hmm. because then this happens right (laughs) and it just goes right into a high kick yeah right and like this is this uh third panel here or fourth panel in the story is one of the things that drew me in you know like this is pretty cookie cutter yada yada close-up close-up medium shot full body you know almost full body and then you just go into this like whap right of just like where she's like breaking the really great crazy yeah she's breaking the frame the uh the hair is drawn in a really interesting you know cool way this right here with the neck yes. the ears and the, uh, the earrings that, that's what drew me in was the nape of her neck just the loving yeah. detail there like the way um the hairline on the nape of the neck i was like this is a this is a very cultured person drawing this like they really they really get the the, the beauty of that specific uh, part of the the body <laughs> and then all that on Absolutely. top of that crazy kick and just all the motion and then this here. guy's just blocking it just hey, super nonchalantly it. you know yeah and like just it's really great muscle mass you know everywhere really solid inking um you know you don't lose any sense of like motion uh by doing this you know despite how like firm and blocky it feels yeah uh and then like all this stuff happens. So yeah. I also I also kind of judge uh artwork by these kind of expressions, the like chibi, you know, funny expressions and, and seeing how the uh the author handles it. And for the most part he does it really, really well. Like it's super cartoony. Yeah. It doesn't it's feel so like like it's uh, you know I don't know, he just he has his own cartooning style. Right. And like, that's also important. Yeah. They're not stock expressions. Exactly. They're not stock generic, like chibi expressions. Like he really commits to making it his own. Right. Yeah. Kind of, it reminds me of the Yu Yu Hakusho in that way. Like Togashi would make like the funniest faces, especially in the early chapters. Yeah. Like that series really cracked me up. And yeah. This one, this one, yeah, uh, the signature here with the, uh, <laughs> with Momo and her friends, you have these like, you know, rock Lee eyes that just come out, which are yeah, like <laughs> ugly, but kind of endearing and cute, ah, you cute. know? Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you put them like, look at this just juxtaposition of just like, you know, shoujo hot girl fantasy and then and just like rock Lee wearing a school <laughs> uniform. Yeah. Like a cute right. frog face, yeah. Check this, check this haircut out, dude. This this guy's head looks like an apple, like straight <laughs> up, you know. So, so this is the first and, shot of uh, Ken or uh, Okarun. Yeah, yeah. Of Okarun, and it's yeah, just yeah, like he's like he's not even until like it's like an acorn shape. Four head. four pages in, you see the 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 supposedly main character i mean i think you could probably argue that like 
Momo's the main character. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you like she's the first. To person be fair, you see. she's the first person you see. She's the first person with a, a full page spread, and she's the first. Uh, I don't know if she was the first. Well, we'll find out. She had her um her psychic powers awakened, right? So she's the only one that's like not cursed. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> which is which is pretty. Yeah, you know. Up, well, up until this, uh, up until this, like sci-fi arc, she, she's the only one that's not cursed. Um, she she so instigates anyway. everything too. She's the first person where you see like her dilemma, right? It's actually her story that uh, Okaron gets swept mm-hmm. up in. So that's actually really unusual. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. you see that like she's my hero academia moment where she steps in. To save Okaroon and, you know, defend him from, like, the cruelties of bullying, which is, like, you know, if you've ever been bullied, like, that's huge, having someone stand up for you. Um, and mm-hmm. it's just it's just even as easy as putting your literal body in front of everyone else, you know? And, like, she's acting like his AT field here, which is pretty... Pretty good comparison given her psychic yeah. powers, right? Yeah. Um, well, and I mean, you haven't. And then, like, we're, we're several pages in, and you haven't even seen his eyes yet. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you haven't. You it's just, just he's just a blank, blank slate. Yeah. Yeah, he's a complete blank slate. And so, out of here, you know, this is this is what I mean by like. This is him in his like Nauta state, right? Like yeah. this right here, <laughs> this entire sequence is so classic Gynax, and it's just woven into you know this comedy. Um, right. So for the listeners, this is uh, the page where uh, this, you know the the part of the story where uh, Okaron is getting bullied and Momo stands up for him, uh, but then you know she 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 walks away, and then he follows. Yeah, she. You think she's done, but she's not. Yeah. <laughs> because now she's done probably the most dangerous thing, which is to get the attention of a nerd. Because now he's gonna <laughs> he's just gonna be super interested in, you know, sharing his nerdy info with her. Yeah. Um and this this scene right here where Okarun says, I know what you're into and backs away. Right? He's not he's not even looking he's at looking Momo. Away. This yeah. is when I was like yeah, this is when I was like, this is comedic genius right here. <laughs> like, the fact that he just repeated the same thing in the same manner, like, it's, uh, that was brilliant. Yeah. And it's also funny because it reminds me of Nauta's friend who was into the paranormal and the cult and kind of has, like, a similar, like, build. Um, I don't know if you remember his friends. He has one friend that has like big lips and then this other friend who talks like really hyper um mm-hmm. and excited and he's like you know it's aliens uh she's the wasp woman and he <laughs> yeah, kind yeah. of talks like that but he also has this kind of like this kind of feel i think anyway um they start interacting this right here is also like very very gynex i feel like um and then he just it just becomes it just it's it becomes a spiral downwards into awkwardness, right? If we're gonna take that now that you've mentioned the fact that you know the title is your heart, uh, you know, I guess throbbing is it yeah. or 
But it's not Doki Doki, it's Dan Dan, no, no, right? Doki Doki is love. And then Dan 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 is, is when you're what? Excited or, or feeling awkward? Uh, I think it's excitement. You could look it up. I, I don't I don't know my automatopias that well. Mm. But yeah, then we get into this whole thing about like President Obama going to Mars, uh, reptile people, the Illuminati, yeah. um, and it just keeps going. It just it's so awkward to to read, but it's like a it's like a train wreck. You know, you can't look away. Yeah. And like I get, like I said, his what's up. Oh, when when you finally see his eyes, it's actually a joke shot at first. <laughs> I love the uh, yeah, it's... I love the um, the the word uh, the the dialogue balloon with just the little the Uma that, like just going into it's going out of his mouth <laughs> like it's kind of gross. Oh yeah, right. Because uh, you know, a lot of times in manga, they they barely is is that what it's called? What's the little the little tail on the dialogue? I think it's called a tail. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, the tail is like, you know, it's it's going into his mouth behind his teeth, whereas, you know, traditionally it's in front of everything. Like with Momo, you can barely see it, right? And, and a lot of times in manga, they don't even have the tail. But with his, it's like super yeah. prominent, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then his eyes are kind of drawn like a, like an alien's, yeah. just like yeah. ovular. Just super and, you know, awkward, yeah. Yeah, but here's also like a really great, again, juxtaposition of the artwork, right? Um, one of the things that just constantly drew me in about the series was, you know, not the fact that he's a really good cartoonist, as evidenced by like Okaroon's awkward chatting poses and expressions, but also the fact that he gets super realistic you know, and really representational. Like this shot of President Obama <laughs> is really good. Yeah. You know, it's really well drawn. Um, and then you get into this like shot of like a I don't know what this is an F eighteen fighter jet. Um, you know, and we already know that he's a, he's a good like you know battle artist because of that that high kick. Um, but you know, here we get some some gag kind of setups and stuff, just lots of word balloons, again, super funny. Now it's Momo's turn to have the tail going out of her, in her mouth, out of there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, boom, look at this. This is when you get his first real, like, eye, like that emotion coming into the, uh, into the scene when she rejects him and says that's why he doesn't have any friends. Mm. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, she realizes what she's done. Yeah, you know? yeah, she says sorry right away, right? Right away. Yeah, but he's he's just such an he's in uh, such shock that he can't figure out what to do next. She takes the initiative, and, and then you know we're back to bickering. Um, yeah, I, I love that she has you know that sweet moment where she gives him his book and she's like look i do believe in spirits and then he immediately is like hey like that's crazy like ghosts aren't real <laughs> it's so awkward but that's what he believes right in, in yeah. a way like uh he doesn't lie 
to her. He doesn't lie to her to try to get her to like him more. And that's that's yeah. really important. Yeah. He's just uh he's just super honest about himself yeah. in that in that. But then we get to the, <laughs> the actual the, what is it? What do you call these things again? Uh like the trials? Oh, just like you see the test of courage. What do you call it? Test of courage. Yeah, those things. You see them in in the like, uh, you know, the high school slice of life um, stories all the time. Yeah. Great teacher Onizuka had a great one. Had a great series of these. Um, <laughs> great for bonding, <laughs> traumatizing <laughs> bonding events. Yeah. A cult coon. Those are. I mean, this guy is just great at gags. But then, like, it's just a position. Great body shapes. Um, you yeah, know, he's, great body he's constantly yeah. moving the camera around. Um, great with facial expressions. And this shot right here is one of my favorites of Okarun, <laughs> like, doing his shutter walk. Like, that just also shows that it's not just, it's not just, like, you know, drawing a body traditionally, it's also drawing the body in a cartoony way that's not afraid to, like, break the mold, you know? There's, there's like you said, there's nothing stock about this um, this drawing right here. This is probably some of my favorite drawings of him in these early stages. Like, this is this is very much every kid, you know, growing up, I feel like. If you don't, if you don't feel like this, well, every awkward, you know, shy kid... If you don't feel like this kid internally, like, you know, I don't know, maybe <laughs> maybe you're not going to connect to this story as much. Um, <laughs> first shot of Gigi. Yeah, what a great callback. Yeah. Don't even know it yet. But it's totally him. You can just with the body language and everything like. Yeah, that's absolutely Gigi. Yeah. And you, you kind of hate him at this point where it's just like oh, yeah what a dick <laughs> oh i remember yeah at this point i was just like oh that kid sucks what a terrible person yeah what a dick man how yeah. can how can he do that yeah um image of grandma again yeah your traditional grandma yeah. he's just constantly subversing these uh these expectations that we have and then boom <laughs> yeah turbo granny that and was, I gotta say, I wasn't. Yeah. What's that? Oh, uh, that was actually the first page that I saw. Uh, I, I, I randomly on 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 Facebook, someone posted the sequence where like he runs into Turbo Granny, and she just yeah. like is like so filthy. She's like, "I'll suck your dick," and he's he's like petrified. And I remember seeing those two pages and just how crass it was, but how like great the humor was and how like beautifully drawn it was. Yeah. I was like, holy crap, like what is this? I need to read this. I actually assumed it was like So oh, this this drop oh, this drop from um man it's getting loud today. I don't know what's up with the outside. Uh sorry about that. All That's that it. noise. I don't know if you can I don't know if you're picking up on all that, but like this part of Panama's weirdly noisy at times. We have giant trucks passing by mm. at oh, all fine. weird hours yeah, anyway um yeah as you can see it's just delving more into like reality um getting more and more into its background and then this drop when 
Okarun finally meets Turbo Granny. Um, it kind of reminds me of Gantz. And yes. like when they would when they would drop their monsters, you know, yeah. like when you're like, eh, what's going on here? Like, this is kind of weird, yada, yada. All of a sudden, boom, monster, you know, which was also a really cool, um, you know, uh, concept of having like monsters and aliens kind of be the same thing. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so this this comic also kind of uh, straddles that line, too, of having maybe monsters and aliens be the same thing possibly right yeah i think uh, Shonen stuff yeah yeah i think that's think a really what? good point like you, you brought this up when we were talking earlier this is actually what inspired me to invite you to do the podcast was you, you said that um Dandadan is probably very uh gantz influenced and um yeah i i, I love that comic that, that was like one of my favorite comics uh you know year, year, years back like that was a that felt like super fresh at the time, you know. And yeah, uh, that one definitely some of Gonzo's DNA in here. Absolutely, I mean, chicks in compromising positions, like uh, Gonzo was like you know, way, way hornier. Yeah, <laughs> way, way, went way beyond some lines. Yeah, um, way know, more violent. You have some pretty, yeah. way more violent. You have some pretty cool sympathizing stories with some of the aliens you know um it was a lot more mean for Much sure you know like, this this is yeah. not this is not that mean it, no. it could definitely it touches on some meanness um but just like you know normal ideal meanness that you know experience gans was definitely just like bottom of the barrel you know humanity is the absolute um <laughs> type of storytelling yeah uh yeah. you know beyond redeeming yeah but there's definitely there's definitely some of that dna in this in terms of like at least their, their encounters um you know how they're drawn i don't think it's anywhere near as you know it's not it's not really gory at all a lot of the uh the battles seem to be resolved through like playing <laughs> almost you know or yeah. like humor yeah um which is a which is a refreshing thing there's no you know there's no guts or whatever yeah um but i i, I think um just the gantz influence is felt in how surreal it is and i, I think it's a really good point like totally. especially when they actually run into the monsters i think the power of gantz yeah. was it felt like it felt like a living nightmare Right. It had like a weird yeah. dream logic to it. And um, I think it played with. And that's. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, you were saying uh, it played it, with what? It played with juxtaposition, juxtaposing mundane elements with really like nightmarish, fantastical elements. And that's why it hit harder. And I think something similar between both of these comics is like um, you don't have like dramatic reveals for the the supernatural elements typically it's more like you just the character stumbled across it and then it's like that pause where you're like what the hell's going on like what what am yeah. i what did i just stumble across because like turbo granny is just like walking along and she's like he sees her the moment she turns her head to look at him right yeah or, or, or uh, this page which, is, of, which yeah. is like the scariest thing that you could imagine yeah. <laughs> happening right it, 
it's it's even scarier than like seeing a ghost off in the distance and then like having them look at you, you know, which I feel like that's like like the western like sense of a, of a build up. It's like, "Oh my god, I spotted the thing." And then like they look at you, right? And yeah, this yeah. one is just like, no. Immediately right off the bat, it's just, you know, blood pressure to the max. Yeah, it's right um, there. And and that's that's also what happens here when she finally comes across the aliens where, you know, it it has that wonderful like you said, it's it's mundane and it's real and it's grounded, but there's just something that's off about it and you can't put your finger on it. Obviously you can you can because it's like you see these faces and it's they're they're not human, but they're so uncanny valley, you know, it's it's almost like, like seeing an AI face in real life, you know? Yeah. Yeah, um, aliens, yeah. And then you have this happen where you're just like, wait a second, what's going on? what's happening here right like yeah. you can't tell me that that isn't you know that isn't the thing and you're like what's the, what's the tone of this manga <laughs> am i getting into Gantz like part two here yeah um you know fan service and then you but you're all i'm also like wow she's like really well drawn you know yeah yeah, so for the readers, yeah. this is we're just going through the first chapter after she encounters the aliens and like they tear her clothes off and then she's strapped to the uh you know the, the probing uh floating chair. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm from like a life studies perspective, I'm like, hey man, she's like super solidly drawn. <laughs> like, yeah, it's so hard to draw this way. <laughs> I think it's also hard to blend, uh, like, a cart you know, cartooning, just like a very stylized yeah. uh, look with a, a super realistic body like that. He's able to do it without being uncanny. Yep. This this shot where she's seated down, I'm also just realizing, like, just how hard that is to draw in that angle with everything that's going on. And that's when I'm just like, you know, this guy, <laughs> this guy's art is on another level, right? Now we have these like friend masks happening. Again, great body structure here on both ends, and this like, you know, <laughs> this thread of like what's about to happen is like this like slow horror burn. Great, we have you know, um, robot penis. Here and I'm just like, how is this getting published? <laughs> what is this happening? Yeah, banana yeah. organs, um, you know, extracting the womb. Yeah, if you're reading stuff. this for the first time, you're like, oh no, like, what's gonna happen? Like, like you said, like, is it gonna yeah. be like Gantz Part Two? Is it gonna be like horrific? Right? Yeah, which also Gantz had like had some serious shit go down in its in its first chapter, you know. Yeah. So it's not. It's not unlike, you know, you don't know really what you're getting yourself into here in this comic. Like, you know, it's shown in Jump, but at the same time, you're also kind of forgetting that that's what you're reading. Well, this is Jump you know? Plus. So they can. This is Jump Plus. Get away yeah. with more, yeah. But it still, it still has the, like, the Jump name attached to it. Yeah, and yeah, I was yeah. like, it's going way above and beyond any Jump story, you know, right now. Yeah. Um,. And then, like, most of the tension that happens in this story, it's broken off by a complete 
awkward absurdity, you know? Yeah. Um, which we've never seen Granny do this again. <laughs> Come through the phone. Coming out through the phone, yeah. Like that's, and then you have this body horror. And she, you know, sequence. The, uh, she banana organ bites off. The, the alien's banana organ she off. She gobbles his schlong. Literally. Literally. And then this thing happens here where he says, I wound up getting cursed by the Turbo Granny. And he's just looking all sorts of demented. But he's also like resisting the curse through his complete passionate guilt <laughs> of getting cursed. It's like the first thing, like, never mind getting cursed, the the, the vestige of humanity that he held on to was his guilt for failing, and then he needs to tell someone that he failed. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, and then reverts back to uh, Turbo Granny. What a name. Yeah. I wonder what the Japanese name is. Well, I think that's an actual, uh, that's an actual, like, urban legend. Yokai? Right, because uh, Turbo Granny was also in uh, Mob Psycho 100. Oh, really? I don't remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. Yeah, I think there's I forgot actual about that. Yeah. Legend. I think most of the enemies are, like, uh, uh, you know, in, in the latest chapter, uh, spoilers, there's the Slitmouth woman, like, a very famous... Uh, no spirit. Yeah. Yeah. The um, yeah. It's funny you mention that because, like, I was wondering, you know, like I know the evil eye as part of a Middle East Middle Eastern tradition, but I'd never known it from like you know a Far Eastern tradition. Um, and I know that the evil eye warred against jealousy and spirits, but I didn't know that in like. You know, I guess in, a, in maybe a Japanese lore, like it's a yokai that is kind of like based around jealousy. Uh, that um, one, I don't know. Maybe it is based on the Middle Eastern one. Uh, I don't. I don't know if that one's like the specifically Japanese one. Yeah, that was surprising to me. Because it also so had the Mongolian know. death worm, like another import uh, for 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 that arc, right? Mm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But don't don't they also give it a a Japanese name or equivalent? Uh, well, or did he just said it? No, no, no. It, it was that they confused it with the uh, serpent at the okay at the temple. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, but yeah, let's that's... talk about these monster designs and like the oh yeah yeah. So like like Turbo Granny is like a freaky old lady, and then when she combines with Okura, and like uh, still pretty like freaky looking. It's not, yeah. like, at least at this point in the story, he's not, like, traditionally heroic looking. It's, it's, it's She's more, got, yeah, so fun. she's got this cool sort of, like, lion's mane, you know, that you see it, like, I don't the, know. The kabuki sure lion's mane. Sort of, yeah. What's up? Yeah, kabuki lion's mane, you know, yeah. which you see in, like, I don't know, like, ah, uh, uh, I'm forgetting all my names right now, man. Um, the, the frog sage from Naruto, the really popular one. Um, he has that sort of like same white, you and, know, and hair. Jiraiya, right? Jiraiya, yeah. that's right, dude. That's right, Jiraiya. Um, she's got those great pug eyes that you know knows. And then what's really interesting here is, um, the mouth shape that he gives 
uh, Turbo Granny. I don't know if you had this feeling, but like that mouth shape screams Western comics to me. Yeah. You know? That's like yeah, yeah. that's like early '90s image. You know, kind of like uh, I don't know, maybe even like Bill Sienkiewicz, like that sort of Joker broken, you yeah. know, smile kind of thing. McFarlane. Um, McFarlane for sure, certainly. Uh, it actually struck me as very British, uh, specifically. Oh, really? It reminds me of like how the British artists like would draw like a really, really like fucked up looking uh, Jokers, or even kind of like um, uh, Nemesis the Warlock had <laughs> like a weird thing at the end of his face, kind of like that. Sometimes. Yeah. And then what's also really cool is this jawline that she has. That like, I don't even describe it. It's just a, like this extremely elongated jawline, which we see a little bit better later on, um, and then ends up becoming incorporated in you know the main character's design a little bit later. But let's look at uh, what else she has. She has his her feet are poking through his uh, shoes yeah. here. So and he's using them like sandals. Oh, yeah, you're right. She turned them into sandals. Yeah. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Yeah. And then we get into the aliens doing their thing. So they rip through their their skin suit uh, things into these frog-looking, uh, you know, Evangelion yeah. <laughs> um, uh, type monsters. It's very Ultraman. And, yeah. you know, this... If it didn't have like the the mouth and the the eyes, like you know, this could be like a like a low angel from yeah. from Evangelion or something. Oh, totally, the shape. You know? Yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah. Cool body shape. Very volumetric. You have that like you know what's giving me the Ava is the the shoulders totally. and the chest. You yeah. know, look at that that triangle V chest thing. Yeah, and like yeah, the he's first just really good. That uh, Shinji fights, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and just really good. Look, I mean, this 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 picture here of the aliens just ripping their their skin suits out, and you have the full volumetric like shape of them. Like that, that is such a good drawing. You know? Yeah. Doing doing this sort of volume is not easy. Granny running on top of walls, and now she's biting the alien again. Stuff out, banana organs, banana thief, and again, it's just like the uh, the severity of the imagery is downplayed by um, just how childlike and joking around the dialogue is. Yeah, and like you said, Ultraman, you got those like Ultraman um, uh, hand formations. Yeah, it's like I don't a, really know what's going on. Flipped version of it, and then I love like just sort of the very, very manga thing where um, the impact, right? It, it, you just know yeah. that they're using psychic powers. You don't see like a beam coming out. You just see like yeah the result where suddenly there's a crater in the wall. A very uh, um, uh pretty you know I'm pretty sure Otomo was the one that innovated on that. Um, totally. But yeah, you see it in all sorts of stuff afterwards, and then, and then yeah, bam! Like finally, Turbo Granny gets nailed. Yeah, that's that's just in the lifeblood of uh, of stuff like this. I'm kind of glad that psychic powers are making a comeback. <laughs> okay. 
Yeah. Like you said, Mob Psycho had a lot to do with it. Um, you know, you're seeing some of it here. Uh, and two types of psychic powers, yeah. right? Because you have psychic like telekinesis and you yeah. have psychic like spiritual, yeah. which is a a cool uh, you know, pun that we're we're seeing but not maybe not really thinking about. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, here. Or just a quick quick tangent about the return of psychic comics. You you read um even even a monkey can draw manga, right? I haven't. Oh my no. god, you got to read that. Yeah, that's been it, on my it, list. It's an for amazing a long time. parody of uh you know just manga manga tropes, but it's like super insightful because it's drawn by actual experienced artists. It's not some outside yeah. making surface level observations. So these these guys way back in like I think the early '90s or the late '80s is two dudes drawing it, but um at one point. Uh, they said uh, Otomo was like super popular and they were like, you know, psychic manga is just ninja manga, like reinterpreted. So now the powers <laughs> are through science rather than like, you know, uh, chi or self-cultivation or so supernatural. And and then the guy said, like, because of that, I predict that ninja manga will come back in the future. No and way. then like Naruto years later is huge. And then I think now we're seeing the again the wheel turning to to psychic manga again. Like so, that comic, so you heard it here first, folks. If you want if you want the next big manga hit, focus on ninjas again. We're we're about almost thirty years away from uh, Naruto's original publishing. Oh so my god, are we? Plenty of time to to chime in on that. Yeah. Oh man, it has. It's been over. What's 20. that? It's been over twenty years, huh? Since Naruto came yeah. out. Holy yeah. Holy. Absolutely. Um, that's a really funny uh, thing too. I mean, the uh, I <laughs> in most. I remember one of the critiques for Naruto was that they would call the ninjas sorcerers. You know, mm -hmm. it's just like oh, it's just sorcerers running around. I think this is from like mostly the. I don't know. I'm like on on forums. I would I would hear or rather read people saying, you know, it's just Harry Potter. It's you know, it's sorcerers. And then with all my reading recently about like the difference between wizards and sorcerers, yeah, they are kind of like sorcerers <laughs> running around using their powers, you know, um, which but doesn't take anything away from the fact that like. The way Kishimoto uh, built, you know, the concept of chakra was super good. Yeah. You know, and really logical confines of like his story. Um, so I really do appreciate uh, the amount of thought that he put and effort that he put into, you know, making this type of sorcery work, you know, where it wasn't just like telekinesis. It's like, no, you're using, you're using, uh, you know, mana or chakra, if you want to call it that way, right? And then, and then chi, I think was I don't know. I've been thinking about that. I think if if you have mana and chakra as sort of like spirit energy, you know, chi must be like body energy, mm -hmm. like you know, sensing someone's vitality or, or like physical presence, um, which explains why like. In Black Clover, they talk about Chi and, and Mana separately. And I think that makes sense, you know, because, like, you have the the more warrior types, like, you know, um, 
like Asta have this sense of chi, but he doesn't have mana, but he also can use, he uses anti-magic, you know? Um, anyway, I'm, I'm getting off topic again. Let's uh, go back. <laughs> Let's just go real back quick, to, I just uh, want to say, I mean, the, the, yeah. if, if someone were to criticize Naruto as not being ninjas, but sorcerers, then they're not familiar with like historical ninja fiction. Cause like, that's what they do in like the old stories and the kabuki plays and stuff. But the concept mm-hmm. of uh, ninjas being like stealthy commandos is a pretty modern take on it, you know? Because in, in, yeah. in popular stories, they've always been like magic users. And, and um, yeah, that's just how people in older times, like, also like just understood the world was through like uh, weird, you know, systems like chi or, uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I think the. The better point, the better point is that there isn't a difference, you know, like, yes, they they are wielding like the Earth's, you know, spiritual energy to conjure and manipulate, you know, elemental magic, Mm -hmm. which in the West is known as sorcery, you know, and in in this story is is ninjutsu. But the point is, like, you know, if you read Berserk, he uh, Miura makes a great uh, point that they are the same. You know, like the Kushan sorcery is no different from the uh, Midland sorcery, you know, or whatever. They're they're using the same uh, system or they're using the same platform, but through different systems. You know, they just call it and different things. What's that? They 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 just call different things. They arrive at it through slightly different ways. Yeah, exactly. You know, Mm -hmm. so and then the point of, uh, you know, of that like story later on was that you know there are different belief systems but they all kind of just converge at some point you know like yeah. they the 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 different belief systems all arrive at one singular point um which you know you could say the same thing for for magic or you know or chakra use or any of these things so i i think the the change in perspective here should be less like, oh, this is that, and this is this. It should be more like, well, we're all literally on the same fucking planet. <laughs> you know, like, there can be more than one uh, arrival, you know, to this problem, right? There can be yeah. more than one solution to this problem, or, you know, I wouldn't call it a problem, but to this concept. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right, let's get back to dun dun Let's get back to this. So we have this um, depressive, uh, literally depressive um, shot of uh, Turbo Granny being knocked into depression in the hole in the wall. (laughs) And while that's happening, um, you know, we actually get the real emotional depression here, which is, you know, uh, Okaroon's backstory of him talking about <laughs> wanting to be physically abducted by aliens because he didn't have any friends and he thought maybe if he met aliens they would be friends but they also never arrived um which is really freaking sad man <laughs> yeah. uh yeah fermi paradox at work um but then you have these heart bubbles here and she's probably feeling you know bad about how she treated him 
uh, and the fact that this kid's like it's it's interesting to know that she's not repulsed by this. Like the other logical conclusion to this sort of like character reveal would be like this kid's gross. <laughs> so always remember that you have a choice when you're you know like writing uh, character reactions to things. And the other one would have been you know I think equally as as logical to make. It's just that here she was like touched by you know how um how earnest he was here yeah. uh and then we have these great you know like like now that you said otomo like i'm seeing a lot more of that now you know this guy definitely has you know has read all of akira like everyone has and, and probably some uh what was it domu domu oh yeah, yeah. domu that first one child which was just rocks rocks and circles yeah getting uh, depressed you know it was actually fireball it was a shorter story where he first developed like uh you know the the, the psychic stuff and a lot of the language the visual language that he'd start using later yeah yep. oh man but oh uh, yeah this part of dundadun where her power awakens uh, that was great yeah that was that was that was powerful And it's very sweet no, that, like, running. this, you know, this old childhood memory, something that her grandmother taught her for good luck, like, that actually, you know, is something she 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 draws on. It saves her later. Yeah. Also interesting to note that it started young, and this is one of those, like, you know, writing a bicycle moments where she probably did it so much when she was a kid that it just lay dormant in her. Yeah, and so now that she's you know much more grown, and in this state of like you know psychological and emotional train, it just explodes out of her, right? Because like she's unknowingly practiced this previously. Yeah, Yeah, that's a great shot. Yeah. Oh man, when she breaks free, and then the. uh... The kick, right? Yes, the kick yeah. that parallels the uh, the opening kick. Right? Yeah, I love that. You know, the first time you see it, like the guy blocks it, and she's just sort of like having a, a a sad, desperate moment, right? And then here she's like fully powered, and she's just knocking, you know, knocking that alien into next year, right? Yeah, and it's a it's a flying kick, and she just like. Look at this great motion. Oh, God. You can Twisting feel it and spinning. turning, spiraling. Oh, it's so good. This is the power of comics because it's like, yeah, you can savor it, right? You just want to pause on that frame. Yeah. It, it, it Like, yeah, if, if you're watching a movie and you pause it, it kind of breaks the uh, momentum, right? But with comics, you, you can be like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend some time on this panel. And it's perfectly fine. Yeah, I like that they call back to this later on because she never gets as strong as this. So that's kind of a cool, you know, trope too, where it's just like your your first chapter is your most powerful, you know, your debut, like that's your one hundred percent, right? And then, you know, you kind of level off a little bit because you can't really uh be one hundred percent um all the time. Yeah. Oh man, 
I, I think uh, they come back to that kick a couple times, right? It's um, kind of like a motif. It's sort of like an anchor for like, you know, how much uh, she's grown. I, I feel like they yeah. do it at least one more time. Like, maybe not. I don't know. And then, and then here we see Turbo Granny as a spirit. Yeah. As she's uh, exercising Okaroon. But yeah. then also, like, check out those eyes, <laughs> you know? Yeah, they're crazy. Those are the, the alien eyes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I wonder, I'll, I've been wondering what's going on with that or if he's going to take it anywhere. But it just, like, becomes a, a thing. Well, uh, you, you said it was kind of like Gantz, right? Like, in Gantz, the, uh, the aliens are the, the yokai and the monsters on yeah. Earth. But here, um, I think it's about... Later on, they set up sort of this idea that yokai are from Earth, and they're constantly like fighting off invaders from space. Yeah, so the aliens are space. Yeah, they're like natural enemies, right? Yeah. So the aliens are just, uh, you know, but but like you said, they're they're kind of the same thing, right? Because the 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 ward at the house, that's the 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 charm. That's supposed to ward off evil spirits. It works on the aliens. So the aliens are yep. evil spirits. They're just not from Earth. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a pretty, like, that's also kind of a high concept where, you know, uh, there's there's kind of this idea of um, aliens being interdimensional beings. And, you know, those are just also spirits. Yeah. So it it goes to show that yeah they are kind of there's definitely some sort of correlation between the two, which is an interesting concept to make. It's like you know if you're if you are gonna have spirits, why not have aliens? Yeah. And then we have this like awkward moment of them sharing clothes. It's very cute. I like look sweet. at this background. It's just white splats on top of. Black. Yeah, but you could you could tell that's the city. You can tell that's the yeah. skyline. It, it's done so well. It, you know, it's done so well. But if you if you were to try to do this, like you know, if you were to try to do this traditionally with um, you know, just like white ink on top of a, a you know big black spot, like this would be so hard to control. You'd really have to trust, like you know, like just the random energy gods to guide your your white splatters into the right places. Yeah. I get anxiety sometimes looking at stuff like that. It's like, how did you control these splatters, you know? I I just assumed that Dundadun was drawn uh, digitally, but I actually don't know. Yeah. Uh, I think I think it probably is. You know, most manga these days are. Okay. Um, I don't even. I don't even think One Piece is drawn traditionally anymore. Is oh, it? Dang, really? Huh. I want to say. I want to say it's drawn digitally now, but I could be. I could absolutely be wrong on that one. I know. I know Berserk digitally during the later chapters. Berserk um, went full digital. Berserk went full digital. That was one of the reasons why there was so much time um, in between. Uh, chapters during some of those years he was learning how to draw digitally um and he wanted to deliver the same quality of artwork yeah that's crazy i just i don't know exactly when that 
that transition happened. But yeah, I do it's know so that it's so seamless with Berserk. I feel like, like yeah, um, I mean, there's there's some points, especially within like the last, I don't know, fifteen twenty chapters, you notice that there's definitely a, a drop in in the art quality. Um, during the Sea God arc, it's still it's still pretty classic Berserk. Yeah, and then at some point it gets a little bit more sketchy, brushy, um, a little bit like the lines become a lot thicker, and then mm-hmm. that goes on for I want to say maybe seven eight chapters, and then it gets tighter again. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't really know what was happening there, but I'm assuming, you know, that was part of the digital process. Okay. Ken Takakura. <laughs> that's a great great way to drop off that first chapter but yeah wow that was only one chapter that was one chapter and oh we're looking God. at 70 pages 71 pages that is uh i gotta say i think that's one of the best uh first chapters you know e- e- even if it is uh uh much longer than you're typically allotted yeah, but like I mean most most debut chapters are pretty big, I think. Yeah, I think you they know? give them more time, right? More pages. Yeah, I mean it's it's the debut. You're not you're not really gonna tell your debut story within, you know, nineteen to twenty two pages. Most of the time I think they're given like forty, fifty pages. But even still, like a seventy page, you know, that's half a it's almost half a, a graphic novel. Yeah. You know, graphic novels are about two hundred pages. Yeah, but, but uh, Dundadum just hits the ground running. Like I, I feel like there's no, no awkward feeling out. Uh, it, it's just fully formed. Similar to Berserk. Yeah, check, rereading Berserk. Check this like, out. Yeah. The second chapter is fifty-six pages. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, so I think it's I think it's a monthly. It is a monthly, yeah. Yeah, they usually do a few more pages for monthlies. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, it is longer. Uh, the chapters tend to be longer anyways. Yeah. Sorry, what were you saying about Berserk? Oh, just you know, a sim- similar thing where like uh, a lot of times when you read like a long-running series, like the at the beginning it has like a very different tone and art style and, you know, like there's a bit of a feeling out process. And with Berserk, it was like, I mean, like, obviously the art evolved over time, but, like, it was already, like, pristine from the start, and it just had such good pacing. Yeah. And Sorry, this could easily turn into just praising Berserk for the next hour. But, but you yeah. know, Dan Dan, like, uh, clearly, uh, it's, I mean, we're, like, several generations into uh, manga, right? And, and people who grew up on manga and then started to draw manga, right? So it's not, we're not... Mm-hmm. In, the 50s or the 60s where manga is more underground and even socially looked down upon and people are still figuring stuff out like you know manga is very um there's like a system to it even shonen jump has like a very uh tried and true system for scouting talent yeah but to their credit they keep pushing things and just doing like publishing stuff that's like you know some of it is familiar but like a lot of it is it feels fresh and like yeah that's what i love about dundadum like uh 
I feel like a lot of times, um, if if you grow up too, uh, just too, totally, you know, just within that one uh, medium, you might just start creating derivative work, right? And and like yeah. you know, a lot of manga or anything like manga, TV, video games, like uh, yeah, it feels derivative, and it's like, well, I, I've seen this before, uh, you know. And of course, you know, sometimes it's really well executed; it's still good. But but Don to Don is like recontextualizing stuff and just. Not only it's just presenting stuff in a fresh way. Like I, I've I've never seen another comic that quite balances all the elements like that, and it finds like a fresh way to make you feel like a kid again, like to make you feel like you're the age of uh, these characters again. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's what makes it exciting to read. You know. Yeah. Um, I'd probably argue that like. I can't really think of a a lot of manga that recently that I've read that has uh that has captured sort of that feeling, you know. Um, Chainsaw Man definitely had oh, yeah. Some yeah, yeah, that yeah. in the beginning for sure. Yeah, you know, with uh, just how crass Denji was, um, where all he wanted was just you know titties, like yeah. that's it, <laughs> that's all he yeah. wanted, yeah. and it's just like, yeah, yeah, dude. <laughs> I understand that. Um, you know, uh, even I, I'd say My Hero Academia, I, it was it was just so caught up in a drama, you know, that like a lot of the the school stuff you don't really feel so much, you know, but that's not the interest or the point of that story. You know, it's it's more about just like how good the characters are. Um, where in this, you know, you, you can't, you can't like, I don't know, like the, there's very, very few scenes where it's like, oh yeah, these are kids in my hero academia. And it's mostly through the, the one kid, right. Where he's like constantly <laughs> wanting to like be a pervert, uh, the kid with the gray pair, mm. like, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't think there's too much out there that. Uh, lets us connect with you know, like our inner kids that way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I'm I'm trying to find um some pages. Okay, I'm gonna share my screen with you now. Okay, give me one sec. Okay, I, I just want to talk about this art uh, some more. Okay, can you see? Yeah. Okay, so you remember, like, just this epic fight, right? When uh, So I'm sure on the pages where uh, the evil eye uh, it combines with Gigi, right? And then he starts uh, fighting uh, Okarun and everyone else. And, you know, he, he turns into his hybrid form. He looks like Urian from Street Fighter 3, kind of. Seriously, yeah. Just, like, the musculature on him is yeah. is insane. That's Street Fighter 3 musculature. Yeah, you know? he's a Greek statue come to life. And the fight is, like, so exciting, right? And he's, he's kicking the ball around. It's like exploding, you know, this old wood house whenever it impacts. Uh, it's going all over the place, you know. Uh, I think it's also interesting 
Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but it's also interesting how like, Gigi's hands are closed. They're like closed and cupped, you know? Yeah. I guess they're, they're open in, in that other scene, but like, I feel like like most people would have had his hands kind of like open, you know? Um, or like fingers spread, but they're kind of just like cupped here. Uh, I, I, I don't know why. I think... That makes it look more like dancing, right? Yeah, when, yeah, when, for sure. In the flashbacks, right? Because he 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 was a kid that was to be sacrificed to the uh, the the dragon, right? And then um, yeah, and he, he saw, wanted to dance. He was yep. a he was a dancer. Yeah, he he saw the other kids dancing in the distance, and you know, if you look at the old traditional Japanese folk dances, the fun festival dances, a lot of times they cup their hands like that, especially the silly dances. Yeah. That's a nice touch. I didn't even notice it. But, um, okay, you want to hear something crazy? Yeah. These crazy good fight scenes, right? All this action, all this impact, right? Um, there's no sound effects. Oh, yeah. Right? He does yeah. not rely on sound effects to sell the impact. It's it's 100% the art. Like, isn't that nuts? That's that's pretty, uh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't even, um, I didn't, this is not my own observation. Uh, I, I found this out uh, uh, through uh, a, a friend of mine, a, a, a comics artist. Um, she, she, she pointed out, she was like, it is amazing how he sells all this impact with no sound effects. Wait, can such, you, can like you go a, back up? Can, can we scroll through the entire chapter one more time to see when he does use sound effects? Like, sure. Like there's one there for the... Okay, so the start of the chapter, we go down. Yeah, there's nothing there for yep. that. This epic like, clash of legs or, where they're both kicking each yeah. other. Yeah. No and you know what's there. funny, too, is like I could absolutely see, you know, like from, I don't know, from from having to like do some lettering work on like one piece i could see exactly where some would put his um sound effects you know mm -hmm. just like doing like c pattern you know following the the shape of the the negative space of the characters yeah you know um berserk too also like does really great work with sound effects especially for showing like characters anguish yeah um not so much for like the mood but more just like uh proclamation but yeah in a typical shonen battle like this you would have you know sound effects even for like the landing here yeah. where Okarun's landing on his back it, it's such a deep um, part of manga and especially like shonen manga like it's it's you know there's like set automatopoeia for stuff and it, it you know traditionally it helps people just uh what's the sound equivalent of visualize <laughs> it helps them yeah. hear the comic, right? But here, like, it, it just does away with it, and you don't even notice. So, yeah, we would have, a like, a maybe a crash sound there, you know, yeah, and, like, English is not that great for, for that, because, like, crash doesn't sound anything like an actual crash. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, it's, it definitely uses a different part of your brain to think about. Um, also, this this sort of like uh, the design that like uh, fused 
power of Turbo Granny with Okarun, and he has that grin, sort of like scarf thing that he wears. <laughs> yeah. You know, where it just like over overtakes his um his face to become like a like a face mask yeah. almost. Uh, that's I feel like that's very Bleach ish. That reminds oh, me of like totally. the Hollows. You know, yeah. that's totally a Bleach thing. Yeah. Yeah. So we keep going down. Oh, we finally Still have no our first sound effect. Yeah, crack, crack. we have crack, crack for his knees, I think. Yeah, I think that's what it is. It's right above his knees. I, I know how that feels, right? Do, do, do your knees crack? Yeah, I have a torn meniscus. Oh, man, sorry. <laughs> so, I guess you're very I, familiar with it. I know exactly how that feels. Yeah. And then we keep going down, and I think I saw another one. Nothing there. Nothing. We're still still scrolling. Nothing nothing for like the blooming. It, it's just you You realize like it the sound effects are the screen tone. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. That quiet moment where they hold hands briefly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the screen tone sells the uh helps sell the emotion. The rising lights. So I don't know if you would count the dialogue as here the sound. The dialogue works as the the sound effect, right? The way uh, right when he kicks her up and and the, the she's screaming and the word balloon is just flows down the page as she's flying up. Yeah. And then we have one here, the grab. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I I like that he subtly uh, uh, has them, so it's not like as if he set like a hard and fast rule. Like I, I'm so good, I don't need sound effects, you know? Yeah. It's, it's just like, you know what? The sound effect does improve this shot a little bit. Well, yeah, because if you look at it, it looks like she's falling. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then it's it's that reveal, right? It's the yeah. grab. Yeah, it's a grab. It, it it helps punctuate that and make it unambiguous. And then since yeah. you already know it's a grab, you don't you don't need it for the next one, right? Or like, you know, when she's wheezing. Well, that's that's almost a that's a vocalization, right? So Yeah. I I always count those more as like dialogue rather than sound effects. Yeah. You know. But then this is another. This is actually a, a sound effect. The yeah, yeah. When snapping, he's transforming. Yeah, the crack, crack. So out of out of the uh, <laughs> out of the like forty pages, there are maybe four sound effects, you know, in this entire chapter yeah. that we've seen. Yeah, and it's, and, it's, and it's only for stuff that's not like immediately like obvious. You know what it would sound like. Or what's going on? We should have another one around there, no? Did you did you notice one? I didn't I didn't see one. Yeah, the um the fire trucks. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah. The wee wee. Yeah, so for like Oh, that was just twenty two pages. 
Yeah, yeah. This was one of the shorter chapters, but oh man, well, that's a that's a great observation. I I did not realize that there was a uh, not that many uh, sound effects in this comic. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, but my friend Rosalie, uh, Rosalie Higashi, you should look up her comics. Um, she she was the one that that pointed that out. Yeah, that's just yeah, amazing. That's just how how powerful uh, this this art is. Oh man! All right, um, I, I I could go all night, but I think it's it's getting late for me, and uh, I, I don't want to keep you for from your day too much. But um, this was really fun. Do you want to yeah, you know, maybe do like a part two? You got a part two in you? I don't. I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> okay, that was enough. <laughs> I, I think I. Yeah, I think I think I've spoken my piece about about this. Okay. Yeah, that's that's pretty much everything. All right. Well, that was fun. Um, hey, come back for 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 Chainsaw Man. Let's do a Chainsaw Man one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So. Um, yeah. So this was totally impromptu. Thanks. Thanks for. Thanks for agreeing to be recorded <laughs> because uh, yeah. otherwise we'd just be, this is like a normal conversation we'd be having anyway. So, but thank you for um, pretty much. much. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and um, I guess if you're all right, uh, we, we can close out the podcast together. We, we just kind of jump right into it, but uh, typically I'll ask, you know, um, I'll ask uh, the guest, to like say a little bit about themselves and like let people know what's going on, uh, uh, you know, and how uh, we can follow along with all the interesting stuff that you're up to, like with your comics and stuff. Um, so yeah, man, my name is Josh, and I be a cheesemonger, uh, but I've always read, wrote, and drawn comics, and now I'm trying trying to uh, get into them seriously. Um, so that's a helicopter. But if you guys are interested in following uh, more of my stuff, uh, definitely follow me on Twitter at dammitjosh, D-A-M-M-I-T-J-O-S-H. Uh, my Instagram's the same, and you can see more of my personal stuff uh, on there. But it's they both have a they both have a mix of art and writing. Uh, but my Twitter is just more like you know anime manga games and uh instagram is more just like day-to-day -day, you know and traveling and food yeah but your observations are always fun to read and uh i, I just want to say real quick like josh is Thanks, an excellent man. comic book artist uh, I, I i hope you can post more of your old comics online too uh, i loved reading them yeah all the way back in thanks let's we'll see if uh yeah yeah and also uh, josh mentioned uh you know he's a cheesemonger uh you're, you're being humble you're not just a cheesemonger you were a, a champion cheesemonger right <laughs> i was i was second place Jeez. so that's not not quite not quite a uh, champion pretty good in the whole country the the cheesemonger invitationals right yeah yeah i competed in this uh competition for cheesemongers called the cheesemonger invitational um you can check it out at invitational.com um and if you want to see more of that uh that stuff and what it's about um deadspin did a video on me a few years ago 
uh, look up Peacemonger that's been sport. Uh, they are part of Gawker Media, um, and then they were shut, but they were a pretty cool uh, sports website. I had no idea <laughs> in what I did, um, but I guess their angle was, um, you know, the competition aspect. Uh, and so I did that for about four years. On the fourth year, I finally made it to second place, uh, which was definitely like, you know, my my training tra- uh, in life. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, pretty pretty great stuff. Uh, met lots of great people. You know, definitely push yourself to the edge. You know. Uh, All right, but I think I think that's it. I think okay. we're good. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, thanks. All right, man. Thanks. Thanks for being on, dude. Yeah, of course. Anytime. Till next time. Let's uh, yeah keep reading and writing and drawing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, it was a All great right. pleasure. Yeah. Thanks, dude. Same. Yeah. I'll see you around. Yeah. See you, man. Have a good one. You too. All right, so uh, yeah, if you're still listening, just wrapped up uh, this very impromptu uh, already drew podcast session. Um, I guess the, that was probably well, one of the first time that we focused on comics uh, outside of Berserk. Um, so yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, Don to Don's one of uh, my favorite comics in in recent years. Uh, so uh, please check it out if uh, yeah. You know, if you're not already reading it, probably you've already read it if you're listening to this podcast. But if you haven't, uh, you can read it on uh, Manga Plus. Uh, so just look up Manga Plus, P-L-U-S. Uh, you know, um, it's available totally legal, the official thing for free uh, to read online. Uh, there's also a great app. Um, totally worth it. And yeah, uh, thanks. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, thanks for following along. If you want to uh, keep up with the Art Eater podcast. The best place is to follow us on Twitter um, at Art Eater Podcast, A R T E A T E R Podcast. Um, that's where we'll post, uh, you know, latest updates uh, to the podcast. And of course, if you want to catch up on the old ones, you can go to uh, arteater.com. That's A R T E A T E R.com slash podcast. Um, every podcast we've ever recorded is on there. Uh, from there, you know, it'll uh, take you to, there'll be links to Spotify, uh, Libsyn, wh- whatever uh, platform you like to listen to. Uh, if we're, if you know, if you're on a platform that we're not on, let us know. We'll try to get on there. And um, yeah, thanks a ton for, uh, for listening. So uh, yeah, thanks very much and have a good one. Stay safe, everyone.